Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. That's the name of this show. I'm David Faber. His name is Jim Cramer. We're live from Post 9 at the New York Stock Exchange. Carl has the morning off. Let's give you a look at futures, of course, as Jim and I celebrate hump day, as we used to call it. Uh, you can take a look. What would you call that, Jim? I'd say it's mixed, nothing open, right? Yeah. yeah, I was called Pack West Day. How about that? You want to go right there? Right yeah, there. We'll, we'll that talk. day. I'll do anything you want. Oh, you go anything. Carvana Day. Carvana Day. No, I don't want to call it Carvana right. Day. First All right, let's day. Fed Day. Our roadmap starts with today's Fed decision on interest rates. Both banking turmoil, of course, and inflation are the keys. Will policymakers call for a hike or a pause? On the earnings front, we got Nike beating analyst expectations with its quarterly results, but an inventory glut prompting the company to warn about its margins. And my favorite topic, of course, the AI arms race. You're going to want to hear what NVIDIA CEO Jensen Wong told Jim about it during last night's Mad Money. Also got some interesting comments from Bill Gates. Yeah, that was a very good article, actually. Yeah. Uh, Let's get to the markets, though, and, of course, uh, counting down to the Fed decision on rates. I kind of think I know where you are, but tell me, what are your expectations? Look, I, and what's I, the market going to do, by uh, the way? The 25, and that way it doesn't uh, cause any sort of ripple, because just a week ago we were looking for half. Uh, look, David, I think that we're looking at this all wrong. Okay. We're getting near the end of the tightening cycle. That's why I thought Jan Hatch's piece on previous cycles, particularly the 1984 Continental Oil cycle, resonated with me, which is that that was the top of that cycle, and you had to buy Great buy. The failure of Continental Illinois. Is that what I just yes, heard you say? That was a very big I, I was, What was the interest rate cycle there? Well, it was, it, it, he had been raising, the real rate was around 10, yeah. was at 6. He just said, okay, we can't keep tightening. And what I think is interesting, David, is. That was Greenspan, that, right? Is, no, no, that was, that was Volcker. That was Volcker in 80. Wasn't that Yeah, and it, it's just a great. Oh, no, maybe Continental Illinois was. was yeah, it was 84. 84 just to, right. I mean, I've got to tell you that some of the work that, that they're doing at, at Goldman on this is really quite good. Yeah. And I think that you, you can take a look at what they're talking about in terms of the bank term funding and how you understand that. But the most important thing was the 1984 uh, Continental Illinois, were, this, this was one where the Continental Illinois situation is rather enlightening. Okay. Um, because it was Volcker, and Volcker is a tough guy, yep. and Volcker had to pause. So I, I like it because it's a recognition that you had this situation in Penn Square, which was an oil bank, then Continental, which was one of the biggest banks in the country, got involved with it oil was. loans it didn't understand, and then it collapsed. And uh, it happened rather suddenly, and it feels like this. Sudden, but was contained. But contained. Yeah. And that was the pause. Yeah, and I think that when you look at it, you say, wow, you know, that was, they kind of just stopped. Well, wasn't Volcker already in the midst of lowering rates? Yeah, point, well, this we was coming down. Well, we, yeah, from but the, the real rate was 10. Okay, and he wanted the rate lower after that. This is the May 84 transcript. Right. Well, I, mean, well, most, I mean, we're going to get 25 basis points today, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. 
and, and I'm no, I shouldn't say definitely, but the idea is is that do you want to rattle the whole world and say, listen, uh, if you don't raise rates, right, people get well, more. You don't concerned. have to say it. Well, it's he has to same. say, don't raise rates, and right. say like, okay, I'm selling every single regional bank. We don't want that. No. See, it, the, the, the FMC paused tightening in its May 84 meeting. Chairman Volcker arguing the Fed had, quote, run out of room for the time being for any tightening, given the situation. I think that, that Powell should use the exact same language as Volcker, the exact same. Mm-hmm. And then we know we're okay mm-hmm. because imitating Volcker is never, never wrong. No, no. There you go. Right there. Just use the language of Jan Hatzi is quoting Volcker. Okay. I'm telling you, there's some really good research being done that's being ignored by a bunch of banks that are saying, look, there's a way out of the situation, so don't panic. It feels like we're almost getting our way out of the exactly. situation. And that's I mean, again, as I've said it. every day now, First Republic is still potentially to be dealt with. All right, again. so I'm going to ask you. We can talk about it. Why did they deep. hire Lazard and McKinsey if they have J.P. Moyne? What, you know, you want, listen, if there, you want as many ideas as you can get. But you have Jamie Dimon. In creative. Why do you need anyone First else? First of all, Jamie is Jamie's one side really of it, involved. but then the banker, you know, Revis at, at J.P. Morgan, who's dealing with it, is, is, is in the investment bank trying to advise as any investment banker would in terms of the potential but opportunities to available be, to them. Lazard, I would assume, or Zag, maybe some other people over there helping look, to try Orzag to figure out what they can do. a lot of time in Washington yeah. trying to figure out what to do. I know he thinks that. Uh, I, I've understood him to be able to say, listen, we need this thing to be, uh, let's say, but, uh, every bank has to be insured. Okay. Um, now, I don't know personally, but that's what I understand. Uh, right. David, this pound, we're going to like have I mean, this problem. You heard Blank Fine, though. Do we have that sound? I don't yeah, know, why don't we get Blank that? Fine, you know, because he was not speaking, well, he almost was specifically about First Republic, but sort of generally speaking about what do you do with these banks whose cost of funds has gone up dramatically and therefore they're really not in a position any longer to be able to make money or even make loans. Take a listen. If these institutions are weak and would not make money because of the, you know, the cost of their funding versus what they can, you know, what they can get back on the other side, you know, I, I, I think um, that's what the resolution authority is. Uh, that's what the resolution authority is for. And Jim, I, he, I just don't uh, know when we get there. doesn't watch Mad Money. Yeah. Because I had Steinauer on from H-Band, Huntington Bank, a super regional. He said, all oh, that's untrue. Now you can say, well, Jim, that's because he has more deposits insured than anybody else in regionals. But he's saying, no problem with uh, gross margins. Still going to make a lot of money. Things and that very good. well may be the case for Huntington. But I'm right. not sure it is the case for First Republic. Hence, in answering your question, you want to bring in as many people as you can to advise on as many different possibilities as you can to try to keep yourself going at First Republic. Right, but there is a common perception Fill the hole in your balance sheet. The earnings per share power of all these banks is going to be hurt. And I'm, I'm well, going to contest that. Really? Yeah, I am. Isn't there a cost of funds going up? Well, that's what I am, I'm debating, whether they're really going up or whether if we get th- through this. Yesterday, you were talking to me about that deposits are still leaving. How could their cost of funds not be because going Because you up? see, empirically, what happens is I listen when a good guy tells me that there's not as much problems at his bank and the stock is down. I want to question that. All right. But I've known Steinauer for years. Pacific, I mean, Steinauer's Pacific didn't. Western Bank comes out with these well, that, further details, by the way, on its financial It's too strength. early. No, but here, they're borrowing. They borrowed $10.4 billion from the uh, discount window. OK, but well, my point here is and three point seven billion of borrowings from the uh, federal home loan bank. Well, from day one, that's and, more and expensive for them Apollo. than Apollo. paying you one percent. No, your savings that's true. Account. But, you know, like if we're going to just focus on a handful of banks that have been problematic, that's Continental Illinois. 
Meaning that, okay, because of this handful of banks, the Fed's hand has stayed and you want to buy stocks. 1984 was an amazing time to buy stocks. I was with the largest investor at Continental Illinois for dinner not that long before Continental Illinois. And uh, Wait, what? 1984 you were? Yeah, I was. Okay. What and were you working then? I was on my own trading in my my. In your pajamas. Dorm, my dorm. Yeah. No, I was always, I, yeah, I had feet pajamas. No, you actually wore a tie back then, I assume. I would wear a Brioni suit. Not. I had a Marshall's outfit, corduroy jacket, went to work with Goldman. Okay. That, and they so said, here's $500. Go to Mo Ginsburg. You, were, I repeated you that story. went to dinner with what? When with you were the large in college? Were you in law school? Yeah, I know. It's pretty crazy. And he didn't see it coming. So, I mean, it's possible that things happen pretty quickly. They do. I told him I thought he was going to be in trouble. So getting back, he to, laughed at me. Getting back to the theme here. It's really wild. What is the theme? The theme is, is that we want a couple of banks to, we want to have an 84 scenario where one or two banks causes the Fed to stop and then the party begins. And what I'm saying is, is that you can say, like PacWest. Now, David, until two weeks ago, I, did, I thought PacWest was a packaging company. It's like okay. West Rock spinoff. Okay, I didn't really care about it. I do care. I cared about First Republic because we had a lot of ads about it, and because it was Safra Bank. Okay, and then we had these really fancy people run and say, "Listen, I got a vineyard. I bank at First Republic." Yep. And I cared about um, uh, Silicon Valley Bank because it was a merchant bank. Okay. It seemed like good. Bank. But well, you don't care about PacWest still, or what? what, what what's no, your- no PacWest has Apollo. They've called At- Atlas. Atlas SP they have Partners. Apollo. Right. Apollo is they a came lot of in fire. for 1.4 billion than we in fully are. Fully funded cash proceeds. Right. You know, I'm not going to go against Apollo for heaven's sake. Okay. All right. Now, well, the market right if, now. You know, is not Apollo may be overextended. I don't know. We can say. I mean, I said last night that we can sit up here and say whatever we want. I don't care. I want to know deposit inflow and deposit outflow. Jamie Dimon and a group of banks put money in the First Republic. What happened? It's just like, where'd it go? Nothing. It's on deposit at First Republic. Well. Why do they need? Why do they need more help if they had all this money come in? Because it potentially wasn't enough. It's not addressing equity. the asset side of the balance equity, sheet, right? And they have negative equity. So again, I go back to the idea that if you can't really run the business the way it's supposed to, because your cost of funds is so much higher, what do you do? It's what Blank Fund was talking about. Well, there are things you can do. Again, maybe you are able to take some of these assets, move them out of the bank, capitalize them in some way, give those who provide the capital warrants, and get back you, to get back to lending and, and, and operating as you did the, previously. I don't know. Smaller and medium-sized businesses, uh, like the law firms in town, the LLCs, the charities, they need to see a higher, a higher than 250000 threshold, yeah. which I think FDIC can yeah. do. And then the FDIC should actually let you insure Self-insure. Because if you want to have $25 million in a regional bank, you got to go get a couple of basis points insurance. So you can't trust the regional bank, although the FDIC has all the data they need about the regional bank and what the basis point should be. I am offering a solid solution. I think that Lloyd did not. Okay. Meanwhile, I mean, it's good to be Lloyd, kind of not unlike... Um, is it? Well, when you're I, at the Overlook Hotel, it sure is. Where is that? Stephen King, this movie. Oh, the Overlook Hotel is from The Shining. No, no it's Jack Nicholson, yeah. Jack Torrance. Yeah. I, I have no idea. No idea. Okay, okay. No and you know what? Jensen Wong, when he speaks, I probably have no idea either. But we're going to find out what he said about AI to Jim, because Jim understands him. Uh, and all those very difficult concepts that he's discussing. He was on Mad Money last night, called uh, it an iPhone moment. Yeah. 
the introduction hey, so of Bill AI. Gates. It's not just no. Jensen. Uh, Gates' blog post I did read and understood most it's of that. Cool. All right, let's take a look at futures, of course. We uh, got an opening uh, about less than uh, 19 minutes from now. More Squawk in the Street straight ahead. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. NVIDIA upping the ante in the AI arms race. Yesterday at its developer conference, the company unveiled a set of cloud services focusing on, on, focusing on generative AI. And last night on Mad Money, NVIDIA CEO Jensen Wong spoke about the AI phenomenon. It could be deployed in so many different ways, as Microsoft and Google has just demonstrated. It's connected directly into the most popular applications in the world, Office and Google Docs. These are the most pervasive Office automation productivity applications in the world. And now it's going to enhance those. And so this is a, a brand new computing platform, a new computing model. And that's the reason why I call it the Eiffel mo moment of AI. All right, Jim. Now's your chance to try to explain to us what was the most important part of his presentation that we've been Aurora, waiting for? Nikesh Aurora from... Nikesh Aurora was uh, the most Palo important Alto. part yeah, of he it? He claims that he was the one. All right. What Just was the out. most important part of this? All right. I think it was about teaching. That Jensen's most excited about the idea that you can kind of upend our whole educational system and make it so individuals can be taught individually about how to learn quantum physics, as he mentioned, or how to learn chemistry. It's about equalizing the country. And I think that that is one of, as you would know, David, because we often talk about the public school system, this would be something that would make everyone smarter, and that would be dem democratic in nature, and it would be fantastic. Secondarily, I think there are things that we would do in healthcare. That I asked him, I said, my mom died of kidney cancer. Could we just ask it how to, how to solve kidney cancer? Not yet. Right. It's still not smarter than we are, but... It's catching up. It's getting there. It's Do you see how it there. didn't? Now, Gates talked about how it didn't Gates AP Bio. To, Gates talked, though, about those those two outcomes as well, education, health care, how important it can be. Um, I mean, the first part of Gates's, um, it's a good essay. blog or essay, the development of AI is as fundamental as the creation of the microprocessor. Yeah, he goes with the Intel. The computer, the Internet, and the mobile phone. It will change the way people work, learn, travel, get health care, and communicate with each other. Entire yep. industries will reorient around it. Businesses will distinguish themselves by how well they use it. Right. So you have a bunch of different companies that are, uh, that are allied. A lot of what he was talking about yesterday, Jensen, was about how what, there are different companies that really are into this. Microsoft's really into it, and they're going to be a great partner. Oracle's a great partner. He didn't emphasize so much in my interview about the partnerships. He talked much more about the idea of wonderment, that there was this moment. I mean, he showed me exactly this stuff almost a year ago, and nobody was interested. 
I know, but and you then, talked about it. It was hard to understand exactly what it was or how well, it would it's work. because I was not. But he's now talking about factories that will be completely Just, well, it's, automated, run right. essentially. Well, I mean, can do you? I, I asked him, "Do you need us?" He said, "Yes, we're still important." Yep. But there are a lot of jobs that are done better right now. But it is getting smarter and smarter and smarter. Now, I am sure he actually talked about how there's. Uh, OpenAI has got a lot of, go- uh, really a lot of guidelines and uh, ways, rules to be able to guard against some of the things that you were talking about, because I asked him about that. Well, I mean, Bill Gates also, I'm, I always like, you know, sort of towards the end. Yeah, that was good. His There's the possibility that AIs will run out of control, wrote Mr. Gates. Could a machine decide that humans are a threat, conclude that its interests are different from ours, or simply stop caring about us? Possibly. Well, I mean, you still have to ask it things. It will be part of our For regular now, discourse. You have to Look, ask the main things, thing. I mean, yeah, let's but, just back up. But eventually, let's this is the coding has been the single biggest, I think, problem in our society. You either know how to code, and if we can get a good job, or you don't know how to code. By the way, Lawson at Twilio explained that to me. Right. You just simply have to learn how to code. This is the end of that. That's why it's equal. You can ask it something. I can ask it something. Someone who hasn't gone and to Nvidia graduate is at school. The center of it, but so many of these leaders in AI ultimately say that we're going to need the government to figure out what is allowable, so to speak, and what isn't. Guidelines, it, rules of the road. It seems hard to imagine a government's going to be able to do that. And by the way, our government is going to have a very different approach than the Chinese government. I mean, Gates again writing but here. Need- Once developers can generalize a learning algorithm and run it at the speed of a computer an accomplishment that could be a decade away or a century away, we'll have an incredibly powerful AGI. We'll be able to do everything that a human brain can, but without any practical limits on the size of its memory or the speed at which it operates, this will be a profound change. Well, I I just think that all you have to do is think, what Jensen said, is every single industry should be examining right now what to do. Yes. And he says that's precisely what's happening. So you have to understand, by the way, their lead is just so ridiculous versus everybody else. Nvidia's Yes, that the microprocessor is a very good uh, and kind of ironic development that Gates talked about because the opening of the unbelievable keynote was the burying of Moore's Law. And Moore was Gordon Moore founded Intel and he just said, look, there's no more advantage to shrinking the footprint. And it's also too hot. It's not sustainable. So let's just scrap Intel. Scrap it. And it's just amazing. That's how we start. Did not mention Intel. We talked about how the way that we've shrunk microprocessors is over. And it's been a big, big gating factor for mentally. Right. Because most people think, well, let's get the new iteration of Intel. And he's saying, forget that. That's just wrong. Nobody cares anymore. Forget it. Very threatening to Intel. But not what he's thinking about because he's thinking much bigger. The reason why uh, NVIDIA has a $650 billion market value and Intel has a... Far, far, far smaller. Well, I mean, a lot of people sold Intel. A lot of people sold Intel and uh, NVIDIA down all the way. I mean, NVIDIA, let's take a look where it was. I know. Because people felt it was a gaming card company. How could they have been so wrong? I was screaming every day at this morning, but no one listened. I was a still small voice in the wilderness. Still small voice in the the wilderness. wilderness. I miss your poetry sometimes. Thank you very much. All right, coming up, we're going to get Kramer's Mad Dash. We're counting down to the opening bell. Let's give you one more look at futures. We don't want you to miss the fact that, hey. Don't forget PacWest, the most important bank in the world. Name me where PacWest is. I'll give you four different cities. Well, I can just look on their press release and find out where it is. It's in Los Angeles. Oh, my God. Let's walk in the street when we come back. Thank, Thank heavens. 
Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Seven minutes before we get started with trading here at the New York Stock Exchange. Let's talk a little GameStop in the mad dash, shall we? All right. So what are we convinced that you need to do if you're anything technology or retail? You have to cut your costs and you have to grow your revenues. That's what GameStop did. Now, some people say, well, listen, it was leisure amount. No, they actually sold a lot of goods. Uh, They had great console sales. They closed a lot of underperforming stores and uh, improved profitability. Matt Furlong with a terrific, terrific statement, no questions taken. Uh, I I know people think that there's an inventory issue. I'm not seeing that. But I understand why it's up 52%, and I think it can go higher. You do. There were always real questions about the fundamental stability of this business, Jim. Long before it became the mean stock. Well, but uh, David, if they we were all question, many people were questioning, many of the analysts who followed the company, whether they could sustain themselves. Well, I'm surprised the console sales are so strong. I know console sales were just okay at, uh, at Best Buy, but they, they're, doing, they're doing some collectibles that are doing well. Look, there's not enough. I mean, there, look, that's sketchy. where it was before well, mean, okay, right? Well, so It's sketchy. We don't know about the inventory position. We don't know about the NFTs. We don't know about anything other than what Matt Furlong said, but the balance sheet is terrific. It I, is. Yeah, it's terrific. Well, they were able to repair they the balance sheet a bit. Stuff. Yeah. You know, look, it, it is a bit of a textbook about how to save an ailing retailer versus, say, Bed Bath & Beyond, which is not the textbook. Well, you're, you would say that none of this had anything to do with, sorry, with them saving it? I was going to go back to the meme craze. Well, Weren't no, they I, able to actually secure... Certain amount of what, bed, bed? But that no, was like, no, no. They oh, they okay, helped stuff. the balance sheet yeah, as a result held, of the stock running up. To, sale. I mean, no, they helped the balance sheet tremendously, yes. and they took advantage of the fact that the stock was much higher. Yes, they did it. All yeah. I'm saying is, is that is but that, that was very, unique. That wasn't like it would just. It's a very uh, better run company than a lot of people thought. Okay. Uh, now, is it one quarter only? I don't know. We don't have the, the we don't have the K. Kind of hard to figure out. But okay. I will tell you this, David. It was, and there are no analyst questions. It was a surprise on the up on the top line and the bottom line. So I mean, you can say, well, that's the last one of many. But I'm just first now, just reveling in the idea that they pulled it off. And this Matt Furlong, I invite him on Mad Money. I was impressed. Matt Furlong is the CEO, CEO and of, president of GameStop. And it was very impressive. Okay. A very impressive comeback. All right, and you saw it's obviously having an impact on all those other so-called meme names. we got an opening bell a few minutes away. You can catch us, of course, uh, anytime, anywhere. Listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. We're back after this.
All right, let's get to uh, shares of Nike, which uh, look like they're moving lower in the pre-market. Yeah, but every uh, analyst reiterated, yeah. David, we always have this. Boy, that call was not a great Nike call. And then it just talked about a couple of hot shoes and then talked about inventory. But China's strong. They're doing quite well in basketball. People want to keep the stock down in part because that's such a big run ahead. But, David, in the end, Nike is so loved by Wall Street, they can't help themselves. The buyers will be in buying it aggressively. I mean, upgrade its overweighted Barclays. UBS raises their price target. Jeffries raises the price target. Uh, Evercore has a tactical outperform initiation. All on Nike. They're all rated. Piper raised. Jeffries raised. Evercore tactical outperform. BMO rated. I mean, come on. Siebel, Wedbush, JP Morgan. And the stock's down. How long can that last? Big board, water technology company Xylem at the NASDAQ. Oculus, a biopharma focused on iPhone, celebrated its recent listing. Dave, we haven't talked meta. We have not talked meta yet. All right, let's talk meta. We got another meta upgrade. Okay. Uh, And I've got to tell you, all the meta upgrades have the same quality about them, which is that there is now a return to growth so that the big layoffs are going to have a giant impact on the bottom line. This is from Key. I thought it was very solidly reasoned. I know, David, yesterday you said, well, where were these guys? Well, it was Morgan Stanley, and they only went to an outperform yesterday and obviously missed a 65% move in the stock price this year. So, yeah, I did wonder that. Better late than never? Maybe. And, but you cited the fact that they saw well, revenue growth, and now you're saying that another analyst is also right. talking about revenue growth. This time it's CPM. That would mean that they might have gotten around the Apple problems. Okay. And that would be really breakthrough. Uh, I know, by the way, if you want to know who is doing the best work in education and meta with Jensen Wong from NVIDIA, I'm going to tell you it's Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. Tremendous partnership there. Resulting in what? Resulting in, if you go to Metaverse, you can learn more. I mean, I know it's just inconceivable to many people that Mark would be doing something that just sounds like it's kind of altruistic, not unlike the Nico Tinbergen work about turns, you know, the the breakthrough altruistic work where birds actually of a family help each other. Yes. It's really a t- is it Nico Tinbergen. You got to look at Tinbergen. Tinbergen. Some breakthrough work. Thank it, you. It, it, it actually I'll collides with Darwin. It says that Darwin isn't right. What oh. it says is that birds are altruistic in certain birds. I see. And I'm saying that Mark Zuckerberg is a certain bird. Is a bird. Well. I see. Well, I mean, I mean it in a positive way. Of course you do. Hey. I just think that... Uh, I don't believe it. it. You don't, don't believe me at all? No, I don't believe it. Well, I think uh, you're going to be proved sorely wrong. I don't believe you're it. You're going to go to the metaverse. And by the way, what do I care if he's altruistic or not? Is he going to make money? Well, no, that's the point is that he's not not just about avarice. He may be more well, altruistic. Well, remember, you're a dollar sign masquerading as a man. I've what do never you care? contested anything else right, since so 84 when I knew the continental law was going to fail. What our viewers want to know is, is meta going up or down? It's going up. Are they up. going to earn more money? No, it's going up because what we're discovering is that they figured out how to make money even though there was this disenfranchising by Apple. In the meantime, it now sells at 18 times earnings, but I'm going to tell you that I think that, that the uh, P.E. is too low and that the numbers are going to be there. When you, David... And this time you're not going to get 
You're not getting taken, right? You're confident. Well, I now you mentioned interesting you mentioned taking because at this point I do have a particular set of skills that will be a nightmare like him if, if this thing goes <laughs> just goes goes down. Good luck. <laughs> okay. Well, what else, David? Come on, let's go to the stuff that you're talking about. What else you want to talk about? Do what you else feel you like want to we talk actually about? dealt with Nike officially? I think we only no. Spent about I want to talk about I want to talk about it. the idea of what analysts do. Okay. Okay. So. Nike is the growth name in the group, but there's one stock that's been overlooked as a traditional growth name, and that boss is telling you that Lulu is for real. Now, I know this piece out the other day says that Lulu, it's too negative, but Lulu being for real ahead of when they're going to report, I think this could be a very gutsy call by Matt Boss, 328, March 28. The stock is way down. Way down. Okay. I think Lulu inches its way higher, step by step, inch by inch, until it gets to very close to, I'd say, 330, and then you can still buy it. And very good it, situation. It is. Because everyone's You're, so negative about it. And why are they negative? Well, because it missed the last quarter. Yes. Well, you know, miss is kind of not good. Do you know that we haven't even talked about the real partners of Jensen and NVIDIA? Let's talk about them. Adobe. Well, Adobe had an introduction yesterday of yes. its own AI-related product. Firefly John, one. right? Shantanu. Uh, and Shantanu is saying, "What's the quickest way to do this?" The one people always want to know who's going to be outmoded. Well, if you use Adobe and Nvidia, you will be able to write copy. Chat writes better copy. Okay. Yes. And do pictures, and use it and marry it with the Adobe Commerce system, David. The advertising world's the first to be, um, let's say, leveled by this. What does leveled mean? Does that mean well, that a lot of jobs that, will be lost and replaced yes, by automation? Yes, but the profitability will really soar because it's just, you can tell it what you're trying to say. It will put it in a better way than you can. Mm-hmm. You can tell it what it's going, what it needs to look like. And they've made a deal with Getty Images. So there is no need. Although any- Adobe has access to a lot of its own images as well. They don't right, even need Right, but I'm right. just saying that the first, if you want to know tomorrow what I think industry is going to change, advertising. Even faster than call center. I thought it would be call center. I also thought it would be drive-through window. It's going to be advertising. Because it already writes better copy than humans when it Which comes to Which is interesting. And I've made this point a number of times, but there was an expectation that the rise of AI really would replace more, um, uh, you know, automated tasks, not things that are considered creative. So did I, and that's and, what was so amazing and yet about it's, this concept. You know, you would think writing ad, these are, this is a creative-related <laughs> well, business, I don't know but if what you're telling me is it may very well replace it. I don't know. Does it go, Winston taste good like a cigarette should? I don't know. I mean, remember that from like 55 years ago. Right. But I will tell you this, in terms of copy, it has been, it's been shown to have kind of snazzier, better copy. Now, copy is not like Shakespeare, okay? It can't write Shakespeare, although I once asked Jensen to have it write Shakespeare, what Shakespeare would sound like. It's much easier to have a Cezanne seascape. By the way, speaking of Shakespeare, the bard, um, should note that uh, Alphabet has come out with its own chat bot called Bard that it has now introduced. Right. Not in a full fashion, but but you can experiment with it now. The analysts are buying into it. They're they? just because they all want to come on. But the key they, question they remains: lost how much this disintermediates their own search 
and how it will be incorporated with it, well, no the way that Bing is obviously incorporating ChatGPT, uh, and what it's going to mean for their, can't their count them out, dominance in search. Can't count them out, but if you want to know what stock is the most depressed that Jensen mentioned, it's Medtronic on the device side. How did you move from Microsoft to Medtronic? Well, I'm talking about winners. And, al- and Alphabet the winners, to Medtronic. Because I'm saying Med- Medtronic is a winner and Adobe are winners. Those are two winners from the keynote right. that nobody listened to except for me, I guess. 78 minutes, you can zip right through it because Jensen's spellbinding. It's one of the most spellbinding speeches I've ever heard. This was, again, the speech well, that we've been talking so, about and he, focusing people yeah, on for quite some time. Well, it, it's he's just smarter than all of us. He just has a different way of thinking. It's very creative. It's really a joy. And it's pixie-ish. And he's just whip smart, uh, and everyone can learn now, from it. All right. All that being said, is an eighty-two percent move in the stock over less than three months warranted? Yes. Or has this thing gotten ahead of itself? No. No. It hasn't because they are the gross margins on this stuff is just unbelievable. And remember, the stock was, uh, if you go back to last year or this week, the stock was uh, two ninety-one. So I think the answer is, it's not done. David, if they can, if every industry, if it affects every vertical, yep. and you have to use their cards, and you need thousands of their cards, and they have all the iterations all set for you, then why shouldn't it be big? Particularly because they, you don't need traditional microprocessors when you listen. I just, it was mellifluous, spellbinding. It was incredible. Um, Apple and Microsoft now represent 13.3% of the like S&P. That. I like that. Just two companies. I know. And I mentioned that because we didn't mention Apple yesterday, and I mentioned it today because we're 38 minutes into the show, and we haven't mentioned Apple yet at all. Yeah. It just feels like that's wrong. I haven't read a single positive. Not a trillion single positive an- analyst piece. Not a single positive. Not one positive. But if you extrapolate Nike, now you're going to say, Jim, why are you doing that? I'm trying to use data points. If you extrapolate how strong Nike was in China this quarter, I'm willing to take the leap of faith and say that it's entirely possible that Apple iPhone is doing better. Okay. The bullishness of Tim Cook on that last call has completely been overlooked by the idea that there's been some channel check that's probably completely bogus that says it's not selling well. And then another group of people saying, well, listen, there's no new iteration. There's nothing really exciting about the iPhone as they make full-scale movies on it. One of the things I have on today, I don't know if you know on, O-N-O-N. This is, these guys are on, but should be on up again. Semi, yeah, it's up yeah. again. No, no, no. They got that away. They have uh, on holdings. It's the the shoe company that really cool oh, shoes. I'm sorry. I have them on today. I thought maybe and, you were talking about that. And it was that, very interesting because at one point their conference call broke down. So they said, "Listen, we're doing this. We're just passing around our iPhone. So we don't even need the people who do up." This was a great conference call. It's like here, it's your turn, my turn. David, they did their whole conference call on an iPhone, but nobody cares. Nobody cares. I, I, These guys are the smartest guys. They just signed up the number one woman tennis player. I'm, Amazing. I, I don't. I don't. What? No. I'm what just, are you talking? What? iPhone? You went to a sneaker no, company? No, I'm They're saying that tonight? when I was on the Owen Holdings call, and they did just get the ON.com site. You can go there. It's really cool. Um, they said that I'm talking about new uses of the iPhone that happen every day that the analysts don't seem to understand. So we're still in talking about Apple call. in a way. Yeah, in the middle oh, of their call, okay. the, it broke down, the conference call. So they were able to patch it into their iPhone. Well, that, you know, who, what's that worth? 
I mean, I'm just saying that people keep coming up with Thank new you. ways to deal with this. But, but That's all the I analyst, needed. Except for the analysts. That's all I needed. The analysts love Nike as some, much as they hate Apple. Thank okay? you. you. They gave love me some Nike context. as much as they hate Apple. And now I understand what it is you were talking about and why you went from Apple to a sneaker company. Thank you. All right. I want to talk about uh, antitrust in uh, the U.K. briefly. Oh, no. You're going. Are you going? Broadcom, are you, are you going go VMware? Broad, are you going VMware? Yes. Broadcom right, VMware. Um, this is not unexpected. Remember this deal. God, when was this deal announced, actually? Oh. Let me go back. May 26th of 2000 and 2022. Wow. Broadcom obviously announced this acquiring VMware at the time. It was 50-50 split. 142.15 cash or 0.2520 shares. See what's happened since then, but uh, they're going to get a, uh, a a nasty second request, so to speak, from the CMA. Not unexpected. Uh, there's the quote from the CMA's executive director. Remember, this is the UK Antitrust Authority. We've talked a lot about them lately because, of course, they play such an important role in whether Microsoft is going to be able to prevail in its hopes of actually closing its deal to acquire Activision. Here's what they said about Broadcom. They're concerned that it could cut out competitors from the supply of hardware components to the server market and lead to less innovation at a time when most firms want fast, responsive, and affordable IT systems. It's now up to Broadcom to respond to our concerns or face a more in-depth investigation. Again, not unexpected, but when we come to the CMA and Microsoft and Activision, remember that Activision shares have actually moved up of late sort of this vague sense that, you know, maybe Microsoft's going to figure out a way to turn these guys. As I had said, when the CMA came out with his objections and seriously indicated that behavioral remedies would not be enough to sway it, that it was mostly dead. But there is still signs of life. You can see it in the stock price. Nonetheless, while I am told Microsoft has provided the CMA all the tools that it needs to approve a transaction, There is still that question, Jim, as to whether the CMA's ideology on behavioral remedies, namely they don't like them, will be hard to overcome. Well, uh, I mean, and that's kind of where that remains. But I did want to mention this other deal, which we haven't right. talked about that. Well, often. if you go to Hockan's original announcement and went, he's CEO of Broadcom. He told me that this deal would not be is not expected to close till October thirty first, twenty twenty three. So let's not. Right. Side of the so they that gave a long timeline to begin with. Right. Um, Hakan is famously known as a very tough guy who has indeed alienated some customers at time. So perhaps, David, there are some people in there trying to stop this deal. There may be. Um, although we know in the case of Activision, for example, Sony has been the Without a doubt, just right. hammering away. As so, best David, they can. Are these, let's say you're the this commission in Britain. Yeah. You're obviously taking seriously comments by other companies that I don't think used to be cared about as much as they are now. No, I know. But there is a belief that they're ideologically driven at the CMA to the same extent that perhaps our regulators here in the United States are. However, here you have the opportunity to appeal to a court. Right. Over there, they almost have veto power. Once they go, that's it. And David, you're not clearly to mention that because you schooled me on this and that I'll say, well, listen, justice is going to block it. And they get the right judge. Justice loses. Right judge meaning a judge who doesn't see uh, violations everywhere. Right. And the thing is, the antitrust laws here have not really changed. The interpretation by the FTC and the DOJ may have. But I think when two airlines uh, merge, there's, that's become one of these things yes. where 
uh, people feel that Obama's administration let too many deals made, through. Made some mistakes there in that. allowing for a further consolidation of the airline industry. Jim, let's come back to the banks. And obviously, we are going to hear from the Fed. Where are we? It's a little more than four hours from now. Um, First Republic shares yesterday were, all, were, were up sharply. They're down a bit today. Well, um, I, and, you know, again, market participants want to keep coming back to that name. Why? Well, it's not. It's, it's a $3 billion market cap. It's yeah, nothing. But, 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 it but stood it's got for a $100 something. billion dollar balance sheet, and it's still seen as sort of the final, the hope being that this will be the resolution of this this crisis, any crisis, as I've, I've called it, some have taken issue with that. But well, if you go back three weeks, so speaking with the bank, if you go back three weeks, there, um, even two weeks ago, their belief that this was not even an issue because of sticky deposits and not to worry uh, makes this such a fraught area to opine on. Yep. Because in my talks with the company, the one thing I kept hearing over and over again were trusted advisors. And trusted advisors, uh, money doesn't is very sticky because of trusted advisors. Right. And obviously that was not the case. It wasn't sticky. No. And we do have a bit of a turnaround. Uh, again, we've had strong performance from these names generally. Yesterday, uh, the day prior, First Republic well, was down sharply, but the rest of the group was up. Uh, Huntington Bank, I mean, I, obviously I just interviewed them yesterday. I, I, again, they have the most insurance per deposit. You know, they've right. got the highest base. Yields 5.5. Uh, and I don't want to recommend any of these because we all will be remembered as recommending them. But I think a basket of these, what I'm putting together for mad money, is the yeah. way to go. I'm creating an ETF, and then someone will steal it and not pay me a dime. And, and you know what? I don't care. Not unlike Agent Sam Gerard, of course, in that seminal scene. And we future. did hear from PacWest earlier in the morning saying we don't need to raise uh, new capital at this time. That stock's getting hit. It's a small, there you go. again, David, very, we're talking tiny market caps. No, but the idea... Billion. When you but say have much that you don't need to raise capital in the parlance of J.P. Morgan, right. not Jamie's J.P. Morgan, but the original J.P. Morgan, it means yeah. you need to raise capital. It's the same way that when everybody right, from Credit Suisse is frantically calling me one morning last week, it's too late. Jay Gould. It's too late. Two words, Jay Gould. Too late. You're crying me. When your guys are all waking me up at 6 in the morning, 5 in the morning, Read American it's Rascal, and you'll be able to, t- and I'll tell you exactly what funeral you're just being, you're being invited to when this stuff happens. As a reminder, you can get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Sign up, find out more, cnbc.com slash join the club, or point your phone at the QR code on the screen, and it will take you right Thank you, David. You're welcome. Let's uh, do a quick bond report for you. Of course, we got the Fed. Expectations are for a 25 basis point hike in interest rates. Will it be the last for some time? Of course, continues to be a key question. We will get that press conference. There's a look at the two-year note at 4.210. We're back after this. There are your gainers thus far in the session on the S&P, led by, there's that name again. Actually, those two names. Those are the two names I most associate with Jim Cramer right now. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And Advanced Micro. Then I must be doing something right. Bath and Body Works. I don't know why that's up. You? What, Bath and Body Works? No, Raw Stores got recommended. All right, we're back after this. What do you got for stop trading? All right, we just talk housing. Uh, We had housing starts up, but we had the first time decline in, no, admittedly, this is February, it's 0.2, but first time since 2012. And yet we have Wolf Wolf still saying, hey, listen, buy Pulte. The reason why I think it's interesting, David, is you know what you should be selling at this point in the cycle is the home builders. 
But rates drop a little bit and the buyers come right back. So be aware that so far the Fed would like to see more numbers for price declines than we've had just one month, which is a reason why you should keep tight. It's a reason why you right yeah. now we have Easily to justify. There was a price decline. It's the first one we've seen. Right, but I'm saying time. and year over year, it's not you, insignificant. If you're the Fed, you probably want to say, I want to really knock this out. Um, so it's there's just well, you've also talked about not just that, but also wage inflation. It's not better. It's not better yet. But you know what I talked about with with Jensen Wong? This is a long-term issue for the for labor in this country. The rise make of artificial so intelligence. You could easily make it so that I believe, and I said this to him, that we would not have a labor shortage. And he agreed that there are so many things that can be done, including, by the way, we talked about bank examiners, how you would have detected instantly that there was a run on the bank at Silicon if you just had software that's run by... NVIDIA. Look at that. Wind. Although I'm not sure when you deem it a run on the bank. By then it's still well, too no, late. It's, said it would it's flash. not clear to me. It said it would flash. Yeah, the moment there'd be a downtick, it would flash. It would be faster. Right now, if you go read that excellent piece in the journal today, it, would, it says I, the bank examiners could not keep up. I know, but I'm not well, sure it would have mattered. Once it's no, begun, no, it's so hard to stop. You they could tried. have detected unusual activity. Mm. All right, what do you got on tonight? I know you got a sneaker company. I have on. On. Which, by the way, listen, don't laugh. On, on, on is the hottest sneaker company in the world. And if I worked at Nike at this very moment. two of them? Well, yeah, it's a partnership there. It's Roger Federer, by the way. Martin Um, and Mark are both coming on. If I were worried, now Nike's coming up. I told you Nike's Why do you need to have two two guys on? Can't just one of them be on? Because they're a partnership. They they like each other. I don't know. It's a good call. But Nike will be up. But on, if I were Nike, I would not be worried about Adidas. Not be worried about Under Armour. two people to I run would the sneaker be, company? Well, they have, they do different, they do tennis and they do running. Oh, One so we got CEO for tennis. But I, if I were Nike running. right now, if I were uh, Donho, I would be so worried about this on. Really? They are, you have to get, there's a line to get into the Regent store in London. There's no line to get into Nike stores. David, if I were Nike, I'd be shaking. I'd be just you know, kind of like Cool Hand Luke. Yeah. I'd be shaking, boss. I'll see you later. Coming up, what are we going to do when it comes to rates? That's what the Fed, at least, is. Uh, well, they probably already made that decision, haven't they? We'll find out four hours from now. Keep it here. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. FedEx.